Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. What's going on, everyone? It's Friday, February 3rd. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Mark Dent, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, the housing market's back. Well, uh, sort of. We had a little stretch there where housing basically became a ghost town. Some wistful first-time house hunters among us even thought that there might be some kind of big market correction around the corner. But now there are some signs of life re-emerging. Mark's got the story. But first, let's take a quick look at what else is going on in business and tech today. A bunch of Q4 earnings dropped after the bell yesterday. Apple posted its first revenue decline since 2019. Revenue was down 5% last quarter to $117.2 billion. That's much worse than Wall Street's expectations. Alphabet also missed its marks, particularly on YouTube ad revenue. Stocks were down 6% as a result. And Amazon fared a little better. The company beat revenue but missed earnings per share. And even though Q4 wasn't as ugly as some predicted, it did cap off the slowest year of growth in Amazon's history as a public company. A couple other winners, Meta jumped 25% following a strong earnings report on Wednesday. That was its best day in a decade. And Coinbase shot up 20% after a judge dismissed a security suit against the company. The latest word in the ongoing proposed ban of TikTok is that Senator Michael Bennett wrote a letter to Tim Cook and Sundar Pichai demanding that they immediately remove the app from their app stores. As a reminder, this whole thing is over national security fears. Venture capital for Black entrepreneurs was down 45% year-over-year in 2022. That's compared to a 36% overall drop in VC funding. Historically, I might remind you, Black entrepreneurs have received less than 2% of all annual VC funding. And lastly, UBS said that ChatGPT reached 100 million monthly users in around two months. That's a new record for consumer apps, apparently. And by comparison, Instagram took about two and a half years to hit that mark. There's another thing that's growing quickly, and uh, it is housing demand. It's back up, kind of. Mark, before we jump into the story, can you just give us a recap of sort of where the real estate market has been this past half decade? It hasn't looked pretty. It hasn't looked pretty, especially if you're someone who's been wanting to buy. If you've been someone who bought a house in like 1980, then you know your mileage may vary. <laughs> but <laughs> nevertheless, what we saw was like this uh, incredibly low supply yeah. and very low interest rates as well. And you're talking less than 3% at times. And it really created this seller's market for the ages, mm -hmm. where especially in really hot markets like Austin, Texas, Boise, Idaho, Atlanta, Georgia, 
these prices were just going through the roof and just really shot up to levels that no one would have ever believed in 2021. Mm -hmm. And just as we got used to like this kind of, hey, there's going to be 20 bids on every house and you're going to pay over the asking price, et cetera, interest rates started to go up because the Fed wanted to make it more expensive for people to borrow. And that kind of led to what I am describing as housing purgatory right now. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. So nobody is buying homes because they're too expensive. Nobody is selling them because they wish that they were more expensive. And builders have like zero confidence in the market. So they're not building anything which might resolve some of the issues created by this whole mess and et cetera, et cetera. It's not good. And it hasn't been good, you know, for the last year. It's it's really kind of been one of those things where, you know, sellers aren't happy and neither are buyers. It's kind of an interesting thing where there's this equal level of, of people being fed up with the housing market. Yeah, including me. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, that brings us to the news lead here, which is that there's kind of a plot twist that's going on that some people didn't see coming here. Yeah. So interest rates fell to just over 6% this week, which is still, you know, roughly twice as high mm-hmm. as we saw them in 2021. But that's down from almost 7% in November. So that's a not insignificant drop. Sure. And perhaps as a result of these average interest rates going down, uh, we've seen that sales of new homes have actually increased between November 2022 and December 2022. We had not been seeing month-to-month increases very often over the last year. And that's like also historically not really a season when a lot of houses sell. Yeah, not at all. Like one could expect that in the winter months, any sort of month-to-month gain would definitely not be common. Yeah, This wasn't like a huge sign of increased sales because- Existing home sales still fell one and a half percent, but that's, you know, not uh, not a huge decline either. And so put that all together. And after a year when like we were in this purgatory, as I mentioned, it kind of counts for optimism among the real estate industry, Uh, at least a little bit. And builders. Yeah. So what are the experts saying here on, on each side? If I'm a buyer looking for a house right now, is there a reason to be optimistic? There's... A little bit, because those interest rates might continue to decline, and that would help make your house, or at least your house payments, more affordable. Mm -hmm. But the reason for less optimism is that economists in the housing industry are now suggesting that there probably won't be like a huge correction in prices. You know, there's some markets kind of like those really overheated ones I mentioned earlier, like Austin, Texas, where, you know, prices went down quite a bit already. But generally speaking, they're anticipating something like a one to 2% decline, perhaps Mm -hmm. over the coming months in housing prices, which isn't huge. But, you know, if you're a buyer or a prospective buyer, it's, it's better than them going up as they've done consistently for the last few years. But what kind of sticks out is that people in the real estate industry are starting to predict that we might see interest rates fall so much that it would go down to somewhere in the five and a half percent range. And after like these interest rates closer to 7% last year, (laughs) that's going to sound pretty good. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. And so it it could be one of those things where, okay, well, five and a half percent interest rate. If you're a buyer, you can live with that. And then if you're a seller, you start to realize that, oh, buyers will be able to live with that. So I'm going to still put my house up at this pretty high price Mm. that I like. And it could work itself out into being like as close to a normal market as we have had. Interesting. 
Okay, so in today's story, you write that somewhere around five, five and a half percent is sort of what you call a Goldilocks range for interest rates. It makes everyone happy. Yeah, it would feel good. Hmm. It wouldn't feel too expensive for the buyer, and it should potentially give the seller more confidence that there will hmm. be buyers. And how are folks in the real estate industry thinking about how the recessionary environment might impact all of this? Well, that's the wild card and the really kind of odd economic question because, I mean, it goes without saying that if we do kind of slide into a recession, as many people still fear that we will, you know, people just don't feel confident about buying homes and nor do they feel all that confident about selling theirs either. So that would kind of keep us in this purgatory that we've been in. Hmm. But like the kind of interesting thing to me is that one of the reasons why the Fed had to like start raising interest rates was because of runaway inflation in the housing market. So if we continue to see this housing recovery here and prices, maybe they either bounce back or they start going up, then that could be something that makes the Fed nervous, which would make them want to tamp down and oh potentially lead to a recession, which would be bad for the housing market. And then yet, if housing prices don't go up, then the Fed might think, oh, okay, things are good. And that could avoid a recession, <laughs> but it would still leave the housing market in purgatory. So there's just some weird things that could go on and a lot of nuance that would need to happen for us to get to this kind of happy medium level. Hmm. And last question here, where are we at with this whole rental market thing? If you're not a homeowner or a potential home buyer and you're in an apartment renting, what's going on there? So over the last year, rental prices just went up absurd amounts mm -hmm. in most markets. And those prices, at least in some markets, some of those that went way up, they're starting to even out and even decline a little bit. So that's a little bit of a silver lining for people who've been waiting on houses. But keep in mind, it wasn't just rental prices that went up over the last year. They've really continuously gone up for about the last four or five years as well. Hmm. So any amount of leveling off won't be a correction of how much they've already gone up. Good point. When we say decline, we're talking about like jumping a few stones down a cliff or something. <laughs> yes, at best. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. Thanks to Mark for joining me. And we're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. And if you're not subscribed to that, you can go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. Catch you next week. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with 
performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.